Good morning, my friends. Good morning, Melanie. Are you as excited as me to play with Marie Pierre this morning? Excited and nervous. <laughs> I asked. I'm sort of, I'm sort of w worrying a little bit that there's something going to be revealed about me that I, I'm not aware of. Melanie, we have less years left in front of us, more years behind us, right? Look at me. Yeah. Who the heck cares anymore? Exactly. When I was young, Melanie, I was always worried what people would be saying. And as I got older in my 40s, I couldn't give the, a hoot of what people were saying. Now I realize nobody was ever talking about me. It was all in my it's head. True. So, you know, that being said, uh, welcome to the podcast. We are with the book of Simon Sinek, the last, uh, the trilogy. Eh? Is that how we say it in English? La trilogie, yes. Um, find your why. Find your why. Um, I'm blown away by this book, and now I understand the difference between the living dead. This is an expression we use a lot in French, and I think you can say it as well as in English, between the living dead and those actually living an incredible life. And those that are living an incredible life have found their why. So they get up early, early, early in the morning. They go to bed late, late, late at night. Uh, they, they do what's going to bring them closer to their goals, their dreams, call it whatever you want, because they found the why. It's the why that will drive them. And it was interesting to, to, to read uh, for me, you know, this why. why. Why are we always looking for this why? Because it shapes how we respond to life. I remember, here you go, because Marie-Pierre is going to be the listener. Here, I'm, I'm going to throw you a story. There you go. Because it says, you know, tell your stories. I remember my dad gave me my mom's Mustang. Remember the Mustang, Dorothy, you saw last night at the guest event? Well, that Mustang that she earned in 1970, I got it for my 16th birthday in 1981. So it was 10 years, like, you know, wall to wall, 10 years or 11 years. And my dad, because he was a mechanic, he had repainted it. He had put two horses, Mustang horses, red horses on the side. And when I came out of my home on September 21st, 24th, 1981, here was the Mustang totally revamped with a huge red bow on top. And my dad telling me, you deserve it, my daughter, because I was... I was always the right arm of my parents, you know. I already told you, you know, they, 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 they never saw me as a child. They always saw me as the firstborn, therefore, you are responsible, right? And I remember taking that car that very first day, that very first day, driving through the Grand Prairie, which is the main boulevard, the first main boulevard you hit. And the first thing I do at the first stop, I get an accident. I just got the car. Okay. And I get the accident because it was all about showing off with the car. It was all about showing off with the car. Now, my dad fixes it. Don't forget, he's a mechanic. When I get it back, now I'm on another boulevard next to where I live. And I remember somebody getting me pissed off and I took my car and I jammed it into him. You see, these are things that happen when your why is not clear. Okay, the way you respond, you know, you, you send a finger to somebody. I mean, who's been already angry here? You know, or you, you, you behave in such a way at a cashier that is absolutely um, unacceptable. Like all these behaviors 
people have or do because their why is not clear. Now, when the why gets clear, now you start saying, oh, maybe that person had a bad day. Okay. Well, the cashier, it's not her fault. I mean, she's just executing orders. I would need to go here. And then you're conscious that your children are watching. And then you're conscious that maybe that, that person in line behind you could be your next customer. So it shapes how we respond to every single thing in life. We, all of us, all of us have this deep rooted um, need, this deep rooted need to find meaning to life. We all, like all of you listening right now, we all have it. What's the meaning to my life? We're seeking creatures. And at the end of the day, all we want to do is make sure that this planet was better because we passed by here, right? And this is a human endowment. Animals don't have this. Fishes don't have this. This is unique to the human being. And today, we're going to begin that journey. We're going to begin that journey. And if you know your why already, which I think I do, I'm just going to make it more profound. So each of us will be able to take what we're going to be doing from now on and just bringing it to a whole new level. So we're going to use our gifts to leave an incredible mark on this line. So with no further ado, we're going to send it off to Melanie, which she's going to give you the basic notes. And then Marie-Pierre, who is who has read the section, who knows her role. She She's going to be the active listener throughout this podcast. Uh, she knows how to dig deeper for questions, what questions not to ask and how to take notes. But to understand all this, let's go to Melanie now. Melanie now. Okay, thank you, uh, Maria. So um, I'm going to give you uh, this morning a, um, a, a, a pricey of what the role of the partner is. Uh, but to start with, I'm going to tell you this chapter is about developing the why of an individual. It's a seven step process. And the seven steps are these. Number one, find a partner. Number two, get your partner up to speed. Number three, pick a time and a place. Number four, gather your stories. Number five, share your stories. Number six, identify your themes. And number seven, draft your why. So today we're gonna to look in more detail at number one and two, all about the partner. And your why will emerge as you tell past stories of your life. Retrieving them is the job of your partner. It, no, is your job. Uh, interpreting them is the job of your partner because they will offer a perspective that you can't see. They'll take notes and as you tell your stories and they are gonna find that golden thread which leads to your why. The partner needs to be somebody that you, no, it doesn't need to be somebody that you know really well. In fact, that can be a disadvantage. Your spouse is not a good partner your mom or dad or anything is not a good partner because when you tell stories, they could probably finish them for you, but they don't have objectivity. What they have is subjectivity. And so the interpretation of the story may not be what is has really happened. So the partner is gonna listen, take notes, 
But above all, they need to be somebody who wants to help you in this process. So we need to get the partner up to speed. Now, Mary Pierre, it's easy because she's reading the book with us, so she's up to speed. But when you're looking for your partner, you need to um, show them Simon Sinek's talk about the golden circle. And um, there is a video available, and I know that Mary Pierre will be able to put that link in the Facebook group so that you can, um, you've got the link to go and look at that. Um, the partner section, basically the, the authors of the book welcome them, thank them, and they tell them that this section is to give them tips and tools on how to help the person who's asked them through the process. The why comes from an origin story. We are all the sum of our experiences of life, but what is paramount is your why never changes. Your why was formed when you were 16, 17, 18 years old, and it, we have just grown on it. So the role for the partner is to listen and write notes, to ask thoughtful questions, to put aside their own bias, to be neutral, stay focused, and be an active listener. So an active listener is listening to more than the words that are said. They're going to have eye contact. They're going to give you acknowledgments. They're going to nod their heads. They're going to pick up on facial and body language as well as the words. And the stories are most meaning. They're going to ask the stories that are most meaningful in people's lives. They will ask questions to guide them. But of course, stories can evoke all sorts of emotions. They can be emotions of, of pride, sadness, joy, love, fear, belonging, loneliness. And when you are asked to talk about those sort of emotions, what can go with that, of course, is expression of emotion. So the partner needs to be aware that sometimes a, a person may be overcome with emotions. And how can they dig deeper? They need to be able to ask open questions. They need to guide the person away from general statements, such as, I used to go to my grandparents every summer, to, okay, well, tell me about a specific summer that stands out in your memory. Um, because that is going to be uh, something where there may be a feeling attached. And when people say, oh, well, this made me feel blah, 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 and it was like immediately offered, the chances are there's more to that story than meets the eye. And as a, as a partner in this role, it's to dig deeper and find the fire that made the smoke. The smoke being, this is how it made me feel. Um, so success when they talk less about what happened and more about how they felt when it happened. That is, the, the partner is going to draw that out. <clears throat> She's going to be able to, or he's going to be able to see the silver linings that happened even when an incident happened which marked them. And the feelings will be more revealing for them to prepare that wise statement. 
And the why statement, as we've explained before, is built from a contribution and then an impact statement. So Simon Sinek's uh, uh, um, statement is to inspire people to do the things that inspire them so that together we can change our world. So it starts with the two and it has a so that in it. So questions need to be open-ended, avoid yes, no answers, be quiet. Your role is to listen rather than to speak. And when you take your notes, you're gonna have a page that's maybe split in two. On one half, you're gonna have the facts of stories. And on the other half, you're gonna have the feelings and the uh, body language and other things that come out as a partner is listening to your story. So it's important to your companion for you to show up and be there with genuine curiosity and desire to find their why. And maybe in the process, you'll want to find your why as well. So over to you, Marie-Pierre, for the interrogation. <laughs> <laughs> Melanie was so worried yesterday that maybe Maria was not be with us this morning. She said, no, 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 I cannot be the only one integrated. <laughs> tomorrow morning <laughs> so yes it's easy question that i will ask <laughs> no worries but if you want maybe you can answer those questions in the comments too when melanie and maria will talk about their answer and uh, or maybe you don't want to write it it's okay but keep that in mind and maybe it will help you because like maria said when you are the facilitator that they call it when you ask the question, yes, you listen, but when you listen, it, it makes you think about your story too. So I know that it helped me to, to find my why. So let's start with Melanie <laughs> with my first question. So first question is, what did you dream about when you were a child? Um, I think I dreamed about being successful, like about being, um, when I was a child, I guess if I go back to being a child rather than a teenager, because once you get to high school, you start thinking about your options. And so you start to see the strengths of your subject. I think when I was a child, I wanted to be a doctor. Absolutely. That was what I wanted to be, a doctor. I wanted to help people and cure people. And yeah, that was it. Definitely. Okay, I love it. <laughs> so I keep that in mind. I will come back with other questions. But for okay. now, we go with Maria. So for you, what did you dream about when you were a child? Many things, many things. But one thing that always sticks very, very uh, clearly in my mind, I was 16. I was cleaning the home every Saturday, every Italian child had to clean the house. Okay, anybody raised that way? Okay, get the carpets on the balcony, slam them with this plastic thing, bang, 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 every Saturday morning. My mom had a 5,000 square foot house. It was huge. It was horrific to, to clean. And every time I cleaned it, I said, I'm going to make $100,000 a year so I will never, ever have to clean house in my life. 
I'll make a shitload of money and have somebody do it for me. Every single Saturday morning, that same vision. Sometimes it was so funny, Melanie. I, I pretend that was Jeannie. Remember Jeannie in the bottle? And, and she'd do this, ging, with, she would cross her arms. Ging. Sometimes I would do this and do ding and open my eyes and it was still a mess. <laughs> it was still a mess. Okay, perfect. <laughs> so we go back with Melanie. So yes, you were dreaming about the, being a doctor. So how did it influence your choices during your life that you wanted to be a doctor? Well, I always worked really hard at school and I, I, I mean, I was naturally bright um, and I did always enjoy being one of the best students. Um, I was advanced um, a year at, at elementary school, so I, I never did um, grade five. I, I went straight to grade six if in your from grade four um and i guess i i i i had an amazing teacher in grade six she was the ugliest woman honestly she like she she really was an ugly woman but she and i can tell you she changed my life because it was in that that first year I was in grade six that my parents um, that I had all sorts of trauma in my life um, and uh, so instead of me then advancing to high school this lady said no we're going to keep you with us for another year and actually that was amazing <laughs> that she did that yeah. <laughs> so yeah I think um I think it influenced me to always be the best version of myself. I love it. Okay. Oh. <laughs> It's now hard to do the podcast on Thursday and Friday. Maria's going to be laughing at me every day now. No. I don't think so. But it's good. It's good. I think we, that we do it uh, for the both of you at the same time. So it gives you time to well, <laughs> relax between so the questions. <laughs> yes. Okay. So now for Maria. Okay. So you wanted to, uh, a, clean, a cleaning lady. So that was <laughs> your first dream. That's really funny. <laughs> But how did it influence your choices when you were maybe a teenager and you started the, your life? Um, I, everything was money, like putting money away. Like it was so clear. Like I'm talking to a very specific, um, period, which was age 16. because I had it up to here, but you know, it goes back to when I was 12, I would earn money, babysitting, take every single cent I earned and put it away and put it away and put it away. My first goal was to get my first Canadian bond, $1,000 Canadian bond. Like back in the days, this was a lot of money. Melanie Miller, 17 and a half percent interest. Whoa. Okay. That's Just to I let you know. my first mortgage. 
Exactly. Um, So my choices were always, what can I do to make more money than everybody else? Always. So I, um, I cleaned house, Melanie, I cleaned house at $50 for, and I'm, I'm very good because don't forget, you know, Italians have human slaves for free, right? Which is their children. So when I came over and cleaned your house, I was very efficient. So for $50, I would get a lot done in two hours. But can you imagine back then, uh, Marie Pierre was already earning $25 an hour and I never spent it. I just accumulated it. And that's what drove me to be an entrepreneur. Never thought I'd be in in multi-level marketing, but it was clear in my head that I would never have a salary, that I, I would always be an entrepreneur because I understood very quickly, Marie-Pierre, that that's how I was going to hit that six-digit income. And my goal was by age 20, I wanted my first year as a six-digit income. Mm. Okay. A little bit less, a little bit uh, less emotional than Melanie Miller. Thank God you have us, a yin-yang here. I love it. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Okay. So we go back with Melanie. So now that we know that you have that person that really made a difference in your life, how did that person, uh, yes, with what she did, but after that, uh, how it did it influence your life? Or maybe the person you are now? Um, I think uh, she probably... <clears throat> How did it influence my life? I mean, like I say, it was always to try and be the, I was hard on myself. Mm -hmm. So I think just to always um, be, be doing better, to, to know that there was more in me. And I guess to also, I, <clears throat> I often looked for mentors because I didn't have that at home. Mm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. So you, you're, you're always... Even now, I think you're looking always to have mentor around you. I think that's really something that you have. And I love that it, you're looking to bring the best in you. But I think it's something that you do for people around you too, to bring the best from people. I love it. Perfect. And now, Maria. Okay. So who in your life uh, did uh, an influence that bring you to be an entrepreneur because that was something that you always wanted to have cash and then after that you realize you have to be an entrepreneur to do it so who influenced you in your life for that Uh, before i go there i want to say to melanie and everybody listening this is what happens when parents when parents don't um build high self-esteem in their children okay So no matter how much schooling Melanie Miller got, even a doctorate's degree, overachiever, brilliant, there's always going to be this little hole deep 
inside that person. Like you have no idea. So if any anybody of you listen to my inner circle, you will you will have learned, or I'll bring Melanie back on my inner circle, that one of the things that um, destroyed all her self-esteem was when her mother said to her, amongst many things, but me, what really marked me was when her mother said to her, of course you don't have friends, or of course she stopped being your friend. You're not pretty, you're ugly, okay? Now remember, words have a way of leaving a trace on human beings that are beyond, beyond anything I can even begin explaining to you today. And I love having Melanie Miller in my life. She, she's the yang to my ying, or my ying to my yang, or whatever you wanna call it. Because contrary to Melanie, I was always reminded how powerful I was. I was always reminded how brilliant I was. And I wasn't brilliant, by the way. I, I was not Melanie Miller. Like, I mean, we would applaud me when I passed something, you know. I remember in chemistry, I got 35 on 100. I mean, and that's just because the teacher felt sorry for me. Like, far, far from that. But yet, I had parents that gave me an example. I had parents that valued me. And that's where the big difference lies. And I just want to share that, Melanie, because, you know, this whole cannot be failed and, and we need us as parents to make sure dads you tell your children how much you love them so they don't seek it from from an asshole <laughs> they understand respect right and moms our job is to listen so our children can listen to themselves and their deepest thoughts, you know, and, and we're there to keep their secrets and cherish their secrets. That's the role of a mom. Anyways, I love you so much, Melanie. Thank you for sharing. So, okay, my influence, okay. My influence were, were many. Um, the first one that comes to mind is Mrs. Lang. She's passed away. She was my English teacher in secondary three. And Mrs. Lang saw who I really was. Okay, so when she saw that, I, I'm a very hyperactive person. I refuse to use words like ADD or whatever. I just think we label too much, too much, too many things. I'm just a very high energetic person. And Mrs. Lang saw that. She didn't see that I couldn't spell. Still today, I can't figure out when to put I before E, E after I. Ask Melanie Miller. We always laugh together. Truly, truly. Sometimes I go shove an E right after the U. Go figure it out, okay? I mean, I can even tell you the mistakes I make, but Mrs. Lang, my English teacher, saw in me this incredible high energetic person. She knew I, I, I was an excellent server. So I she would make me clean her chalkboard. She would make me empty her, her garbage cans because she kept me busy. And when she didn't have enough work for me, she would give me a corridor pass. So I could go to a bathroom, but she knew I would go out for a smoke or whatever. You understand, Mel? You understand, Marika? So she was a big influence on me, somebody so intelligent that I admired, and yet she admired me for my 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 spunk. Like I don't know how to say it, you know. I made the class laugh, but I was never disrespectful. So I have many people, but I think one of the first ones that that silently without words said it's okay maria to be who you want to be was mrs like definitely okay so if i understand right it's because she saw your heart energy and your drive but you admire her because of her intelligence and how she treated you okay perfect i take no because 
I know it's all it's always a, a lot of stuff and it's already 8.30 so we will continue tomorrow too so I have a lot of notes already for today and we'll continue tomorrow so make sure to be there tomorrow to continue with us because it's something that we will cover I think for the next two to three months at least <laughs> to find your why so don't worry if you just answer those questions and you don't understand where it's going <laughs> we will continue for three months only <laughs> and honestly marie pierre between me and melanie miller you're going to get a beautiful mix because yeah. both of us we're at an age where we're not worried anymore about what you think so we're able to be absolutely transparent with you and it's going to help everyone here discover their why because once you know your why everything will change in your life so in closing i said i said to myself we've given you know we've given already a lot of details but you you know you would say not enough but honestly just answering those first two questions how many of you are going to have aha moments like for real okay this is what really matters i i've been very fortunate to be part of a multi-level marketing business for 40 years now complete i'm going on my 41st year and it's been a very strong part of my life always reconfirming my why and one of my last whys, Marie-Pierre, was that day when I saw my mother's funeral, and we'll probably go more in detail later on, where there was over 2,000 people that signed the register. This doesn't count that they came with their children and their, their husbands or their wives. And I said, oh my God, when we have an impact on this world, we're more powerful than the Prime Minister of Canada. Because Mr. Pierre Elliott Trudeau, when he passed away, he didn't have 2,000 people at his funeral. So I'm really excited. I'm really excited for tomorrow, and I'm really excited where this podcast is going. If not for you, for me. <laughs> okay, I love you guys. If you enjoyed, please continue to join us tomorrow. It's going to be very, very revealing. Love you guys. Bye-bye. Thank you.